Well, it's good to be together. We're having uh, everybody together here really for the next several weeks. I didn't need to mention if you are part of the Spanish-speaking ministry, you guys are actually meeting over in the chapel right across. If you go straight down the hallway there, that is where the Spanish ministry is meeting. But it's good to be together. After several talks with some of the leaders, we actually had some discussions with all the Orange County leaders and, 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 and with also some of the uh, North OC leaders. And we've been talking and we felt like it would be good for us to be together for the month of October for our midweeks. And we're going to do a series together. And really we're doing a series because a number of things have come to our attention. And it, it's good to have a reminder of the core convictions that we need to have as disciples of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so I, I think the topic won't necessarily be new, but it will be a great reminder of the convictions that we have as God's holy people. So let's go ahead and let's pray before we get into the scriptures. God, thank you so much for this time to be together. God, I'm so grateful for everyone here, grateful for the fact that we are loved by you. And God, it says we are dearly loved by you. And I pray, God, that as we recognize this, we are aware of your love, it will motivate us to worship you, to love you in return, to give you our very best. I pray tonight, Lord, I, you know I've been uh, thinking and praying about this. I pray that God, not only tonight, but over the next several weeks, God, you will produce strong convictions in the church. God, that there will be a radical change and growth in our worship of you with our lifestyles. And God, I pray that you will uh, put to the side any blocking, anything that is getting in the way of anyone being able to come in contact with your Spirit's words today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Alright, so you're going to need to uh, take out whatever it is that you take out to take some notes. Alright, because there's going to be a number of things that are going to be noteworthy here for you. And so if you are old school like Gary Torres, that you can pull out your uh, pen and, uh, and paper and physical Bible, or if you're kind of the new age type, you can pull out your phone or tablet there and get to typing really fast here, or take some pictures of some of the slides on the screen here. But we're gonna have a good time because we're gonna dig into God's word over the next several weeks. Did want to mention here that next week will actually be just the men that will be meeting here. The teens in junior high will also be here. That's all teens and all junior high. But as far as being in here in the sanctuary, this will be just the men. And in two weeks, it will be just the women. But still, the teens in junior high will be here. All right. So let's get into the scriptures here. You guys ready for the word of God here? All right. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Many of us are very familiar with this passage here. But let's go ahead and let's read it. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, you know, it's interesting in, in 1 Peter, and even in 2 Peter, I believe, Peter at this time is an elder in the church, and he, and he says that he needs to remind God's people, and he actually says he's going to remind them really consistently, but he, he says something very interesting here, talking about the blessings of Jesus, but he says this in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's stop right there. It says chosen, royal, holy, and special. That is who you are if you are a disciple of Jesus. Amen. You are chosen by God. You are a royal, you are royalty. You say, man, I'm from the hood. No, you're not in God's kingdom. Yeah. 
You are royalty. It says you are holy and special. Do you like feeling special? Yeah. Don't you love it when you feel special for some reason, right? And it says, according to the scriptures, you are special to God. But it says something interesting. We've already mentioned, I want us to look at it. It says that we are a holy nation. Disciples of Jesus are holy. And our midweek series is going to be about this topic. It is going to be about holiness. And so we're going to go ahead and try to answer some of these questions over the next several weeks here. What is holiness? Why is holiness important? How can we be holy? What does holiness look like? Or what are the areas of holiness we need to make sure we focus in on? And how do we help each other to be holy? So this is what we will cover over the next several weeks. Amen? All right, so let's go in and let's talk about this first one here. What is holiness? What is holiness? Let, you know what, let's do this. Let's ask a couple people. Well, no, 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 no. Just with each other, okay? Go ahead and share with the person to your right or left. When you hear the word holiness, what comes to mind? All right. Let's go ahead here. Let, let's just get a couple. What comes to mind when you hear the word holiness? Yes, sir. Special. Special. Okay. All right. Yes. Set apart. Set apart. She took yours. Okay. All right. All right. Anybody else? Something that comes to mind when you hear the word holiness. Kevin. Completely pure. Okay. All right. So what does it mean to be holiness or, or holy? All right. So holy, what it means to be holy, what that word means really is this. It means to be set apart to be different, to be of God, or to be righteous. And so when it says we're a holy nation, it means we are a nation, we are God's people who are set apart, we're different, we're of God, and we're supposed to be righteous. And I love using this because this helps me understand the idea of holiness even more. And some of you might have known this and been with me before I heard this, but really it's about green skills. Okay, so when you have a bag of skills, you have a whole bunch of different colors, right? But if you were to separate all the green skittles from the rest, they would now become holy. Because they're set apart. You guys see this? So you can even use that hashtag green skittles. Okay, all right? And so this is what it means. This is a visual aid for us to understand what it means to be holy. It means to be set apart. It means to be different. It means to be of God. It means to be righteous. Not mixed in and blended in with the world. It means to be set apart for God's special purposes. You know, God wants his people to be holy. He wants his people to be set apart, to be different. Why? Because he wants them to be like himself. I want us to read this scripture here in 1 Peter chapter 1. Brothers and sisters, are you with me here? Yeah. All right, all right. Don't you get quiet on me, all right? 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Let's read this. It says, therefore... With minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. 
Peter is quoting uh, uh, several times in the Old, Old Testament here where God says, be holy because I am holy. You know, God's people are to be holy in how we live. We are to be different in how we live in regards to our society. We are to be separate in regards to how we live in terms of how we relate to the world around us. You know, again, it's this idea of being green skills. But again, we know we live in the world, but yet our lifestyle should be set apart as if, again, it was green skills. Do you guys get what I'm saying? And it says you, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you are holy. And then he calls you to remain holy. So we don't just say, oh, I got the holy gene on me and now I'm all good. No, I have to still stay in step with the Holy Spirit to remain holy. Are you with me here? So now we understand, okay, what does it mean to be holy? God wants this. But now let's get into this. Why is holiness Important as we just saw in the scriptures, why holiness is important is because God is holy, and so if God is holy and He's with His people, He wants His people to also be what makes sense like father, like son, or like father, like daughter. Okay, for uh, you know, we can make sure we, we don't miss anybody in the room. You know, God the Father wants His kids to be like Him. I can relate as a dad, I want my kids to be like me. The good parts of me. You get what I'm saying? I want little baby boy to be like me. I want baby girl to be like me. I want baby girl to be like me. But again, my good traits. And so as a father, I understand that I want that for my kids. So God the Father wants his kids to be holy because he is holy. And it's interesting because that's even what Peter says. We are his obedient children. He says, look, okay, you have to be holy because I am holy. I am your father. I want you to be like me. Another reason that we see here, okay, is that it shows respect and gratitude for Jesus' sacrifice. It shows respect and gratitude for Jesus dying upon the cross. Go with me here to 1 Peter. Let's continue reading in verse 17. Brothers and sisters, are you still with me here? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 Let's continue reading. It says, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live all your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. What does he say here? Again, he says he just came from this idea of being holy, and he gets to the root issue again of why. He says, because, hey, look, you are redeemed with gold and silver. You are redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. And so the response of respect and gratitude is to remain holy. Why is it important? Because then again, it's the respect and gratitude for what Jesus did upon the cross. If we want to deface, if we want to disrespect the cross, it's easy. What we need to do is therefore not be holy, not be set apart, not be righteous, not be different. Again, we see here there are many reasons here why holiness is important because it brings glory to God. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 9 where we started off. 2 Peter chapter 9 and verse 10. Are you guys with me, church? 
Second Peter. First or second? First Peter. What I say? Second. You know what I'm talking about. All right. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. It reads. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Continue reading verse 11. It says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. He says, look again, you guys are a holy nation. And what does he say? What? To declare the praises of God. That is the purpose again. We are to declare God's praises. And therefore, what? It will glorify God when people see that we are what? We are set apart. We are different. We are righteous. We are of God. We are Holy. It will stand out. It's like someone wearing, you know, some, a different, uh, uh, some bright clothing while everybody else has dark clothing. It, it would stand out to you. And that's the way our lives are supposed to be. It's important because why? It brings glory to God. It's a reflection of God's power, glory, and mercy. But here's another reason why. It's because worldliness pollutes. You know, the opposite of being holy is being worldly. And what do we mean by this term worldly? Well, worldliness really is everything outside of Christ. Anything that's outside of God's will and God's ways. You know, whatever society believes and practices that are against God, that's the world. And so anything that is like the world and contrary to God and his will and his ways would therefore be worldliness. So the opposite of being separate and different and, and, and righteous would be to be mixed in similar to what everybody else is doing who is what? Against God's ways. And you see, worldliness pollutes. You know, God knows that being worldly, not separate, not righteous, not different, will pollute our souls. Got a nice glass, or not glass, excuse me, bottle of water here. What is this water for? Drinking, right? There's a nice little glass of water there, looks good. What, would you drink a glass of water? Of course you would, right? Now, here's the thing here. Now, this really, this, this, let, let's do this here. All right, so we got this nice bottle of water here, right? And we go, okay, man, this is cool, man. I'm thirsty, you know. Somebody was talking about how hot it was today. They weren't expecting it to be hot. Okay, all right. But then let's just say we have a little bit of worldliness that comes into our lives, right? We get a little bit of dirt here. This is some dirt over here, okay? All right. So now we've got, eh, let's just get just a tad bit here, okay? So we've got a little bit of dirt in there. Now, for those of you that are far away, you can't really see that much. You see a little bit of dirt at the bottom. Okay. That's not too bad. Is it still drink? Is it still worth it being... Drinkable? Is it still drinkable? For some of you, like, yeah, okay. Depending on how thirsty I am. Right? We say, okay, well, that's just a little bit of worldliness, right? But let's just say, okay, let's just add a little bit more worldliness. Okay, well, let's just add a little bit more. Now, you know what? That's not that much. That's a little cloudy. But, but hey, you know, I'm thirsty. But let's just do this. Let's just go ahead. We just got a little bit of dirt. 
dirt in the water. There's nothing wrong with that water, right? Just a tad bit, right? Come on, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, you tell me I'm drinking that early. Okay. Right, so now we look at it and we go, wait a second. How appealing is that then? <laughs> How many people are still, still very thirsty and willing to drink this? You see, here's the thing. See, this, these are our souls. And see, that water is the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit that he puts in us. And when we decide to not be holy and we decide to put worldliness into our very souls, here's what it does. You see, it gets mixed in. And so now the Holy Spirit isn't working in our lives. We are being separate. We are being different. But what? We're being polluted. Doesn't look the same. Not advertising. In fact, now its purpose is what? It's gone. I said earlier, what is this for? You said to drink. But now is it really for you to drink anymore? No, you want to toss this out. You see, we have to understand here that, again, God knows and he understands and he's holy. And so the importance of us being holy is because he knows, look, the opposite worldliness, it will pollute your very soul. It will corrupt who you are, your thinking. It will corrupt the way you live. It will corrupt your faith. And therefore, what? Eliminating your purpose is God's holy container of his Holy Spirit. You see, worldliness pollutes. So the question that you and I have to ask ourselves, because there's always a battle. It's either we're, we're striving to be holy or we're allowing to be worldly or we're allowing worldliness to seep in. And so we always have this constant battle because, yes, we're separate in the way we should live. But when we interact, we're, we're not separate. So the worldliness just starts to, start to rub off on us. Or we start to put that worldliness back on, even though we shed it when we became a disciple of Jesus. And so the question that you and I have to ask ourselves humbly and honestly is this. Is the question, oh, here we go. Let me give you the scripture here. Proverbs 25, 26. Look at the scripture. It says, like a muddled spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. It says give way. It says, look, okay, I gave in to what the world does. I gave in to the wickedness. It says it's like a polluted well. Again, it's like this bottled water here in which it's now been defiled, corrupted, and polluted. And so again, the question that you and I must ask ourselves is, am I worldly or am I holy? Am I holy or worldly? My interests, my thoughts, do I act and talk and think like the world around me? Do I like what the world likes? Do I laugh at the same jokes that the world laughs? Do I dress the same? Do I watch the same movies? Do I listen to the same music that the world does? You see, this is a struggle for every single person in here, isn't it? There's no one who's immune to this potential influence. And I know for me, I have to battle this at many times and thinking, man, you know, am I being worldly here about, about money? When I think about money, do I think about money the way the world does or do I think about money the way God does? When I look at people, do I look at them, do I observe, do I make judgments about them the way the world does or do I look at them the same way that Christ does? When I think about relationships, do I think about them the way the world thinks about relationships? Or do I think about them the way God thinks about relationships? Are you holy or are you 
worldly. Again, answer this question honestly. Because I believe the problem for most of us is that we don't see it or we don't want to admit to worldliness being inside of us. We don't, well, most of us are like, no, I'm holy. Okay, okay. Again, ask yourself, what do you listen to? What do you consume? Are they holy things? Or are they things that really are contrary to what God wants for his people? I remember when I was dating Karina, and uh, I want to say, I think I'd already, yeah, I said I'd already graduated, but there was a, a song by 50 Cent that was really big at the time. And I'm actually not, a, 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 I never really was a big fan of the rapper 50 Cent, but he had this song, and uh, the song was talking about how he was, he, he was basically like a pimp, okay? And so I liked the beat of the song, and I liked the way he did the song, but I was like, I know that this isn't right for me to be saying I'm like a pimp as a Christian, you know what I'm saying? Something just doesn't seem to really go well. It seems to be a little at odds, you know what I mean? The Christian pimp. I just don't think that goes together. <laughs> and so I would sing this song, and I, 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 I would, and Karina was like, "Yeah, that's not really that good of a song." I'm like, "Girl, what you talking about?" <laughs> and so I didn't want to admit that it wasn't. So I said, "Okay, here's what I'll do. I'm gonna baptize this song." And so I changed the lyrics so that it was Christian lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being a P-I-N-P, I was like, "I'm praising the Lord who's holy." You know what I'm saying? And so I tried to baptize this song because I knew it wasn't holy, but I was like, but I still want to be with this song, and so what do I do when there's this tension? And so in my mind, my immature faith, I thought, well, let's just baptize this song, and therefore it's holy. But really, what was at the heart? What was at the core? It was worldliness. I didn't want to let go of the world. I wanted to still dabble in, but yet again, let's baptize these things and so now the Lord is pleased. Again, are you being holy or are you being worldly? You know how to be holy. I want to spend a couple minutes here on, a, 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 on answering this part of our series here, but we're actually going to spend more time probably next two weeks or next week talking more about this, but really I want to talk about this because this is key and this will really help us out not only today, next week, but really for the rest of our lives here. How can you and I really be holy the way God calls us to be? Well, number one, it comes down to desire and decision making. A desire, and you actually have to want to be holy out of gratitude for Christ. A desire to honor and please God and not to want to be corrupted by the world. When we have that desire, then it will actually fuel us to actually be holy. You guys get what I'm saying? But if I don't really have a desire to be holy, then guess what? I'm going to miss 100% of the time at being holy. Because I don't want to be holy. So even if I do something that might seem right on the outside, my heart is still corrupted, and I'm probably not even doing with the right attitude, so therefore this right thing really isn't righteous anymore. So we have to make sure we have the desire, but then there's the decision-making part of this. You know, and this is, this is the key here for every single one of us. It's really the decision-making. I believe that most of us, we truly desire to be holy. I don't think that's, that's an issue for most of us in here. But the question is, how do we make our decisions on a daily basis to actually be holy? You see, too many of us, the way we make our decisions is we, we, we do this. We say, is this sin? And so as we're in this predicament, 
Or if we're doing this or somebody might even question or ask us about something, we say, well, is this sin? Or we say, or we ask this question, well, the Bible doesn't say you can't. Or, or you know you said this. Well, where in the Bible does it say that you can't? You know what I'm talking about. Right, oh, somebody's, in fact, I'm sure somebody in this room has probably maybe asked you or questioned you about something and you said, hey, well, where does the Bible say that? The Bible doesn't say you can't do that. Show, show me that scripture. And you know the scripture doesn't explicitly say that, right? But let's think about this for a second here. This, if, if this is our guide for how we make decisions, we have to be honest with you, that is flat out terrible. It's just terrible decision making. You get what I'm saying? If, you know, if we're making our decisions based on is this sin or not, and that's guiding us in our daily decisions, we have to understand that that is a recipe set up for failure. And you say, well, why? Okay, well, let's break this down some more. Because here's what's happening. If these are the questions that we ask ourselves when it comes to gray areas or comes to our lifestyle, then here's what we're really doing. We're actually being legalistic. To justify ourselves. Yeah, that's great. You see, many of us think legalistic is, oh, okay, well, you just, you, you know, you, you, you have to do things a certain way and it has to be that way. Well, no, that, that's one part of being legalistic. But legalistic means you are so concerned about just the letter of the law and you miss the heart of it. And so if I ask, hey, does it not say that in the Bible? What am I doing? I'm trying to hold to just the letter of the law. Hey, the Bible doesn't say that I should gamble all my money away. But is that a good decision, Marcel? Well, the Bible doesn't show me that verse. What's that, Proverbs 47? There is no Proverbs 47. Huh, who would you? You see, it's terrible decision making. And it's actually being legalistic because really what we're trying to do, we're trying to justify ourselves. We want to justify ourselves. We don't want to be in the wrong. We don't want anybody else to tell us that we're wrong. So therefore, we pull out the legalistic ruler and we say, show me that scripture. Where it explicitly says, I can't do this. But what does that reveal? It reveals my heart is to do what I want to do. And not necessarily what I want God. It reveals that, look, look, I want to get as close to sin without crossing the line. Because that's really what's happening, right? When you think, hey, is this sin or not, then all you're saying is, hey, what's the farthest I can get to sin where which I don't cross over to that line? Think about this. Does the Bible say that, uh, you know, as you guys know, I'm married to Karina Hole. Does the Bible say that I shouldn't flirt with another woman? Show me that verse. Show me where it says no man should flirt with another woman. Show me that verse right there. Oh, it doesn't say that, does it? So what if I say, hey, it's okay for me to flirt with that woman? Doesn't say it's sin, does it? What if I were to tell you, hey, you know what? Let's say I do this. I texted or I sent a DM to a woman at late night. Bible didn't say you can't text another woman who's not your wife on a late night. Bible didn't say that I can't send a direct message to a woman on a late night who I, maybe I've met. Or the Bible didn't say I can't give my phone number to another woman who isn't my wife that I just met. Where does it say in the Bible that it's not sin? But is it being holy? Is it being righteous? Is it being set apart? Is it being different? 
is a being of God. You see, again, this is wrong thinking and the wrong heart. If we're looking for scriptures to explicitly discard whatever it is our action is. And the problem is, many of us in, in here, this is our basis for our decision making. And this is, this is the defense that we've given each other at times. What, is this sin? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Show me that scripture. The Bible doesn't say I can't do this. And we're just justifying our behavior. And so instead of asking these questions, really what we need to do is we need to ask the holy question. Are you guys ready for the holy question? I said, are you ready for the holy question? Here it is. Here. This is the question we need to ask. Is this holy? That's the question we need to ask. Instead of asking, is this sin or not? No, 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 that's stinking thinking. We need to ask, is this holy? How will this help me be closer to God? How will this help me to live out a set-apart lifestyle? How will this help me to be different? How will this help me to be righteous? We should never say, is this a sin? But we should say, is this holy? How will this help purify my soul? Or will this help pollute it? You know, if we make decisions based on this question, change will radically, things will radically change. I'm talking about everything has the potential to change in your life if we begin to answer this, ask this question. We'll make better choices, avoid trouble, be a better example, truly be pure. We'll be happy that we made a right decision for God. We'll honor God and we'll become more holy. Again, I, I've used those questions many times to justify my behavior. And I'm so grateful for God's mercy and grace, but yet his continual, continuing love for me by, by showing me that I was in the wrong and that I needed to cut things out of my life that weren't of him. You know, I mentioned that, that 50 Cent uh, 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 song, right? Remember that? And so I, this is how bad, I mean, I, I love my wife and she was great, but, but I influenced her. So she gave me this, you know, this is back in the day, okay? So she gave me a CD one time, all right? All right, some of you are like, what are CDs? Okay, so CDs were these things that played music, okay? All right, so she gave me the CD and there's all these songs, I think it was for like our anniversary, something real cool. And then she gave me, she put on that, she put on there the 50 Cent song. And she did it because she loved me and I was like, oh no, she compromised her conviction, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, I polluted this girl, right? And so I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, thank you, but oh, what did I do to you, okay? And I realized, I said, oh, man, you know, I got to make some changes. And the Lord's been so good to me. He's been doing this throughout the years. And so I was like, you know what? There's a lot of songs here that I'm listening to. I'm trying to baptize, and they're just not a, they're just not a God. I, I need to change this. And so I started cutting out music. And those who know me, Tupac is my, my favorite rapper of all time. But I went through, through my music catalog, and I had listened really a long time and I said you know what we need to find out what is holy it was like four songs you know what I mean and I got rid of all of them and they had all these CDs all this music and I went and I remember throwing it in the trash I was like wow and then there was movies that were in there and one time I had this movie and it was one of my favorite movies but man it was just the language was just so foul I'm like yeah but I don't even notice the language I'm like well, what does that make you say about me you know what I mean and I was like you know what now I have to throw this away and for a second, it was tough because these were things that I loved growing up. But then I realized they weren't making me holy. What they would do was plant seeds of worldliness. Because then I would start to think the way I used to think. Or these words would come into my, mouth, uh, into my head randomly. And instead of thinking the things of God, I was thinking the things of the world. 
And so even though it was tough for a second to get rid of things, I praised God because afterwards I felt what? I felt clean. And I started making more decisions. And God to this day still shows me. Hey, Mark said, you know what? You, you need to cut this thing out of your life. You know what? This, this, this isn't right. And at, at first there's a struggle because I'm like, is this really sin? And I'm battling with myself and the Holy Spirit. And then the question becomes, but is this holy? And that answers the question. And it directs my decision making again. And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying is that I'm able to testify to how answering this question honestly can radically change your life. And when God says, hey, be holy because I'm holy, you can actually with confidence make strides in being holy. No regrets, but confident before God and others. Again, we're going to look at this idea of holiness for the next several weeks. Today, what we talked about is what is holiness. And so to keep it real simple, green skills. Why is holiness important? Because God is holy. Because it, it's a proper response to the cross, but also because worldliness pollutes. How do we be holy? Ask the holy question. Is this holy? Next week, we'll talk about what does holiness look like? Let's go ahead and let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the scriptures today. I thank you so much that you want us to be holy because you are holy. Because you are a father that wants us to be like you. And God, we don't deserve it. God, we're thankful that you clean us all. But God, we know that we need to spiritually take showers every day. God, we need to come again to, to, the, uh, to, to, to the cross and be reminded, be inspired to make choices. God, that honor you. And God, I believe that everyone in here has a desire to please you. God, help us not to just hear the words today, God. Not to just agree with the words today. Not to just take notes on the word today. But God, to put the word into practice. God, I pray that we will see a radical change in our congregation as we strive to be holy. In the name of Jesus, amen. Here's what I want to do. We have about 15, 16 minutes here. Go ahead and get up together with your discipleship partners or uh, discipling groups or whatnot. Some separate by gender there. And go ahead and answer these questions. And if you don't, if you aren't able to finish, go ahead and finish answering these questions with your roommate or your spouse or your parent or whoever it may be tonight. But here are the questions. Ask yourself and honestly share, am I holy or worldly? Next, what would happen if I started asking myself the holy question, is this holy? How would that change things in your life? And lastly, what decision can you make tonight to be holy? Let's go ahead and let's break up and have some great discussion. Amen.